everyone, and welcome to the next week of the Mobcast. I'm your host, Connor Bland, and as you can recall from last week, we were talking about God's calling and what to do if we miss, and this week we're going to talk about where to start when it comes to missions. This week I am joined by Josh O, uh, one of our mobilizers, and Jeff Bozel, our director of mobilization here at OC. I am your host, Connor Bland, the short-term missions coordinator, and we're going to go ahead and start our conversation of uh, where do we start once we've established God's leading for us in missions. And I'm going to take it directly over to Jeff Bozel, who is going to give us the first uh, first point. What do you think, Jeff? Well, I think it's uh, you could get started in a lot of ways, but I think the best way to start out is to pray. Uh, because, you know, I think a lot of times we think that God is leading us or, you know, or we heard a message or something or we went to a conference or we heard a speaker. And a lot of times we make emotional decisions that may not then lead to the best choices. So I think it's just best to spend some time in prayer and asking the Lord to reveal more about what his leading is and and to give you direction in where you should go, what you should do, kind of how, how he's equipped you. Just spending some time really reflecting and, and asking God to give you more direction. So I think prayer is like the, should be the foundation of of where you get started. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, hey, hey, Josh, what uh, what was your first step whenever you established God's leading for you in, in missions? My first step after, uh, I would say it was a mix of talking with people, praying, trying to figure out what exactly God was leading me to, and then also letting go of my own need to know that this was the plan, that mm. there was an idea of one plan that God had for my life and that if I didn't follow that plan, everything would uh, would be messed up. And uh, I was paralyzed by this fear of messing up and so had to really work with God uh, through a lot of prayer and just time spent with him reading his word to find freedom from that fear of messing up the plan and realizing that he's walking with me through each step and talking with different people about what that step could be. I actually ended up sending an email to Jeff here and we sat down for coffee and talked about what that could look like. After that conversation, thought about it more, prayed about it more and decided to start working with OC. And you had some short-term stuff. Had you done the the trip to... Um... Amsterdam before yeah we so I, I had spent I had lived for nine months in Amsterdam before that that was a few years before uh, that was right after college but I was I was still in, in kind of a mindset that I wasn't being led into long-term missions that was kind of like uh, an opportunity to get get the travel bug out of my system an opportunity to spend some time overseas and really enjoy that but then I was thinking I had to settle down and be responsible um, yeah little did I know God had, God had a are different you, leader. Are, are you like implying that you aren't being responsible now? <laughs> no, that's that's exactly what I had to realize. Oh, is okay. That there was responsibility that lays not in my own decisions, but in being faithful to what God has asked me to do. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's all really great. We, 
we all have these different ideas of what, uh, I, I guess, what the starting point of mission is, but I, I think that uh, a, a collaborative uh, agreement between all three of us, at least, and maybe you have a different opinion, and if you do, let us know, but that, that prayer is the first step to, to any, uh, any mission that you decide uh, or that you feel that God is leading you to. And, and I think that once you've established that God's leading you there and that you pray about it, there, there then comes the next step, which uh, is one that we're going to talk a little bit more uh, deeply about, which is... Uh, well, actually, can, oh, I, can I ask a yeah. question real quick about praying? Yeah. When, when we say spend some time in prayer, what does that mean? Does it mean half an hour, uh, a few hours, a day? What, 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 well, what do you think? I, I think that when it comes to the uh, the discernment for prayer, I think it's different for everybody, first off. But I, I think that, and Jeff and I alluded to it last week in our episode about God's calling, but that it, it comes to not just praying by yourself, but praying for uh, with all of those who will be impacted by your leaving your home country. So if that's your wife, if that's your kids, um, if that's your family that's going to be here in the U.S. still, that that can have an impact on all of them. So getting together with everybody, um, letting them know uh, God's leading for you and and praying about it. And as we alluded to last week as well, just praying that um, if they are apprehensive about it, that that you um, pray that God will change their heart and mold their heart to to understand what what he's leading you to. Um, And as far as a length of time, I don't, I mean, I don't know if there is really a length of time that uh, at least in my own experience, I, I think I prayed for, um, oh goodness. I mean, I, I prayed after every short-term trip that I went on, which was six or seven. Um, and then after that, I mean, as, as far as what the next step was for me, and it wasn't until getting married and, and leaving my secular job that Kirsten and I started praying probably for about a month, um, month or two, uh, just deciding uh, between the responsibilities that we had and uh, for me to provide financially for Kirsten, um, for the idea that someday we were going to have kids and that w- we would need the financial means to do that. Um, but setting all of those things aside was really what we were praying about for our particular circumstance. And I think that, that that's probably pretty universal too for families as far as what uh, what does it look like if I'm going to make this um, this transition, this sacrifice, I guess, of um, of your life here in the U.S. Or, or wherever your home country is to go somewhere else, go somewhere new? Yeah, and I think, you know, if you feel like God's leading you to do something as radical as, as leaving your country, getting involved in kingdom work, uh, raising money, all those things that go along with it, it's not something that you have this passing thought and you know, you say a one sentence prayer and then and then you're done. Sure. I, you know, I think it's something that's going to be on your mind a lot. Mm-hmm. And as those those things are on your mind, you uh, you know, you pray about it. You say, well, man, Lord, what are you doing? And and I just don't understand this and kind of give me some insight. And and so I think there'll be kind of a almost a pray without ceasing kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it be, gets to be that that intensive, but. It's something that's on your mind, so you're thinking about it constantly, praying about it. If if you're a person of prayer, I think that's just kind of a natural thing. You have a conversation with God about it and with others. And and so I think you it becomes something that's just a natural first step. Sometimes we get this idea, you know, that comes into our head. And so the first thing we do is we want to jump on our computer mm-hmm. and search mission agencies or, uh, you know, maybe download a copy of Operation World, which is not a bad idea. Uh, but you know you you could you could do that because you're you're trying to get ahead. But really, um, 
sometimes it's good just to, in fact, I think most of the time, it's good just to take a step back, spend some, some time in prayer. I should take this, this opportunity to mention a resource that we have available. Um, one, of our, one of our workers, Bill Kyes, uh, does a great message on um, knowing God's will. And part of this comes into that, that message of, uh, and he, he does this thing on, on Nehemiah. And he, Nehemiah, when he was confronted with the need of Jerusalem and the, the walls being broken down and everything, the first thing he does is just dive into prayer um, and asking God to reveal what, what he should do. And so I think that, if, that resource is available uh, on our website. And, and you know, you can, you can watch that video. It, it's a great one. And, uh, but it, it does talk about this whole this whole thing of what what do you do first? And I think our example through Scripture would be the successful ventures happened because people prayed first, sought yeah. the Lord first. Yeah, and, and I think one other thing that I'd like to, to throw in there as well, that whenever we pray, I think, and, and this kind of goes more to a baseline of prayer in general, but just that um, when you pray for uh for God's leading in missions and starting in missions and things like that, that you won't always get a response right away. And I think that that's a pretty uh, common common thing. And that, But God will reveal his plan to you in, in his timing, right? And sometimes that's really quick, and we love that, and sometimes it's not so quick. I mean, for... And we don't love that. No, and we don't love that. And and I mean, it's, it's like for me, even once I was accepted at OC in, uh, what was that? early 2017, uh, like January 9th, um, in 2017, I, I was, I I was like, yep, this is where God has me. This is where I'm going. I'm going to get to travel to all these short-term mission fields and then being diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis just a few months later. And them telling me that I really can't travel all that much with my condition and with the medications that I have. Like it's God is developing his plan for you. Even after you've, you've come to that first step, and, and completed that first step of praying and, and reverence and finding out what uh, what it is that God God has for you. So I think that it's important to to mention that waiting and, and a waiting period is probably to be expected for most people when it comes to uh, to to praying for uh, God's will for you to go overseas. Yeah, I think too. You mentioned. Uh, sorry, Josh, I was cutting you off there. Um, <laughs> You mentioned, I think we should cover in another podcast at some time, obstacles. Mm. Because this is something that happens to everybody that's on a path that God's leading them on. And we come across difficulties and obstacles and turns in the road that we didn't anticipate. And mm-hmm. uh, so I think it would be great podcast later you know, in the future to talk about, well, what, what do we do when things go wrong? Is that Does that mean God wants us to turn around or... Are these just things to overcome? Yeah. And let us know if you'd like us to, to talk about that in a future podcast. If you'd like us to, to talk about that, please leave a comment on our Facebook page or our SoundCloud. And I think in that vein of thought, that's why it's important to not treat prayer as a one-and-done type of thing, that that's the first step, and then now that I've done that step, move on to the next steps and forget prayer. But that prayer has to be something that continues to be part of every step of the process so that when you run into that obstacle, you're already inviting God into every part of this process through prayer. You already you already invite His presence into that obstacle and walk through that together so that it's not, it's not something where you're taking steps forward, realize, wait a minute, 
I don't actually know what I'm doing right now. Okay, I guess I should consult God. But you're already consulting God through the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Right. I'd say the next thing, moving on to the next thing, if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, this is something we tell people every time we talk to them. Uh, some people have done this already, but most haven't. I would say the next step. So God's, God's laid this thing on you, and you've spent some time in prayer, and you really think this is what God wants. The next thing is to really sit down with your church leadership, your home church leadership, and talk to them about it. Because no matter what you get involved in, you're going to want to be partnering with them in the process. Um, do they see this in you? They they know you. So do they see this in you? Are you active in, in the church? Do you have ministry there? Are you, are you living out this thing? Uh, already in your life. Um, so, and your church may have some some stuff that they want you to do to be prepared to become a cross-cultural worker. Uh, so all for all those reasons, I think it's important that your next, your next big step is to really sit down with your missions pastor, your senior pastor, um, staff, or whoever is running your global outreach, even local outreach, and just to say, hey, I think this is what God is doing. How should we do this together? Hmm. I guess another uh, another side of that on that would be what if uh, what if your church doesn't see that in you, and how should you approach that situation? That's a good question, and I think or you haven't been involved in church. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you go, or maybe you're in college, and you know your home church is in Minnesota, and you're going to college and you know, South Carolina, and, you know, I mean, you just, you have kind of this place that you're at, or you've just moved, and you, you know, so you're in a brand new church. There are a lot of reasons that that this would be more of a difficult thing, but really, I think the only thing you're talking about here is a delay. Hmm. It's, you, you know, maybe you want to get involved right now, but possibly a delay would be valuable. A delay would allow you to connect in that church that you're in, to get to know the leadership, for them to get to know you. Uh, This is all going to be important when we get to a fundraising process, if that's something that's going to be part of your missionary journey. And if you haven't built those foundational things, you're going to struggle when you go to that church and say, hey, guess what God's doing in my life? I'm going to Nepal and I'm really hoping you guys will support me. And their answer will be, who are you? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's you don't want that to happen. So you need to bring them along for the ride. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if delay would be the right word as much as a time of preparation, in a sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Delay, in my mind, conjures up a picture of sitting in an airport for a few hours because your plane flight was delayed and you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs, not being able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like the, the picture of getting more involved in your church, seeking out leadership there, getting to know them, getting involved in ministry right here, right now in your current context, that's all preparation for going to the field. That's all part of being faithful to what steps God has you walking through right now that will lead to going overseas. Right. Yeah, that's a good point, Josh. Yeah. Well, I mean, and uh, I guess with with that, do we want to talk about a little bit more of a, a the, the next step after that, um, once once you've you've gotten the uh, I guess the word I'll use is blessing or the the approval from your 
from your home church, I think then the next uh, the next step that we would all uh, agree on would be looking for an agency that that uh, a mission agency that would be able to help you better discern what it is that God, uh, where God is leading you. Like God may be pulling you in one direction, whether that's, you know, restricted access countries, or maybe it's uh, Central America, maybe it's Africa. Really, I think that that, that's where the the step of adding an agency into the mix, I think is where you're really going to find a lot more success in that because you're not limited to your own knowledge or maybe your church's knowledge of, of ministry that's done. Uh, but but being able to get a more global perspective and global opportunities that might fit your uh, your skills that God has blessed you with better. What are you guys saying? Well, I, I think there might be a step in the middle there. I mean, I, I think that's a good, that would be a good next step. I think in this kind of process, because picking an agency is a significant choice and step, you want people to be praying for you. Mm. And I, I think maybe if I was to insert like a, a half step in there, it would be to develop a group. Uh, you might call them, you know, your mighty men, if we use biblical thing about, about David or uh, champions for you. You know, a, a small group that's around you that believes that God is leading you. This could be the elders of your church even. It could be your church leadership, or they could be involved in it. But a small group of people that believes that this is what God's leading you to, and have they have committed to pray for you. Mm-hmm. This small group of people that you believe God has led you to, and that they believe God is leading you into this ministry, uh, they're praying for you. They've committed to pray for you, and um, we're, you know, we're all in this together, kind of thing. So then, as you approach these decisions that you have to make, you know, like target of ministry, people group, type of ministry, mission agency, should I go? Should I? Should I not go? Those kind of things. It's not just you praying or you and your wife praying, but it's this group of people that are committed to you and committed to that process that are praying with you. So I, I'd insert that as a little yeah. half step in between the two. Yeah, and I, I think the reason I forgot that one is because I I see that as a beginning, middle, and end step as well, because True. that is that is something that I, I, I think that at the beginning, whenever you figured out uh, or, or you feel God's leading on, on missions, then you start to pray. And I think during that time, you go to others and you say, hey, can you pray for me in this? Can you come alongside me and help me through this? Um, for myself, it was mentors, whether that be my youth pastor or um, now that I'm married, my wife, you know, just being able to kind of talk with uh, with those people and say, hey, I, I am feeling this leading from God. Can you pray for me on my behalf to, to have God, uh, I guess, give you some more answers uh, to, to your question of, of missions? And as well, when you're on the field, it's great to have those. And actually, I think it's necessary to have those people on the field that, of course, you're going to have your your mission field like area directors or or team leaders who are who are able to talk to you about things that are happening in in relation to the ministry that you're doing. But because those people haven't known you as long as those in your church or your family or uh, close friends, I think it's great to be able to have somebody who you feel totally confident in, in revealing things that you may not reveal to somebody who's, um, who you had just met, you know, a few months before. And obviously, depending on how long you're in the field, that relationship will grow with your, with your team on the field. But, 
but that uh, especially in those early stages of culture shock and and just transition that that having that prayer uh, during and then and especially after that once you return home the the, the things that God taught you on that trip and being able to to really uh, unpack everything that you experienced in the mission field, uh, but people continuing to pray for you throughout that whole process. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, it's interesting that you were you mentioned the mighty men uh, analogy because I was actually also thinking about David and thinking about how in First Samuel when he is anointed, uh, that's way before he actually becomes king. Samuel finds him in Jesse's household, anoints him as the next king, but there's so much more to the story before David actually becomes king. Time of preparation for David as a shepherd, his battle with Goliath, his feats underneath the kingship of Saul, actually serving another king, um, practicing leadership in the desert with his band of mighty men, practicing faithfulness in God. So many things that actually are part of his preparation before he actually assumes the mantle of kingship. And we're not talking about becoming king, we're talking about becoming a servant, which in the Bible we could talk about similarities there, but... Uh, when it comes to when you are anointed by your church or when you are commissioned by your church, sent out in a sense to start this process, the amount of time it could take from that point to actually getting to the field is, is an unknown thing. And it, right. could, it could be longer, it could be shorter, but it will be a time of preparation. It will be a time, it could be a time of the desert where you are practicing faithfulness in the Lord in the midst of uh, obstacles. Or it could be a time where you are practicing gathering people around you, a team around you to support you, even in the context of your home culture, in the context where you can be the most comfortable. But that's all That's all practice, preparation for going. Yeah. I'm going to steal that, okay, Josh, for this Sarah book. All right, all right yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'll make that the, the intro. Maybe you could write the intro <laughs> to the book. That You're would the be writer. Cool. You're the writer. No, no, but I think I need somebody to, you know, to... To oh, collaborate. Sure, sure. your forward yeah. or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Forward right. by Josh O. There you go. Well, good. So I, I think we, we, we've we established in the first couple of steps being that, number one, being prayer. Number two, being consulting your church. Number three, being, oh, well, two and a half, being pray some more, have other people's prayer on your behalf. Um, or you can connect that with step one. And then I think the next step then uh, it would be the... Uh, the deciding of an agency. Um, and Jeff, do you have do you have some words to speak into that? Yeah, I think agency choice. I think the the main thing that people tend to ask us nowadays, because you know, there's raising money. There's you know, an agency may some agencies assign you to certain places uh, rather than it being your choice. You know, it's just different depending on the agency. So we do get this question from time to time. You know, do I need to join an agency or should I? And I would say, as far as do you need to, the answer, the short answer probably is no, you don't need to. Um, There are people out there, in fact, we're in conversation right now with a couple that's in a country in Asia, and they've been there independently, and they've been handling it well. You know, there are some things that they're missing, and so they are looking at connecting with an agency now. But... But they've been in in ministry overseas for years and have done it independently. So can it be done? Certainly. Um, Is that the best way for you to go? Uh, I think only you and God can decide that. I I think there are some great strengths to agencies, but then there are some challenges with agencies too. So I I will talk about those, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Josh, you got any thoughts? I think about it. Uh, we, We as OC 
are often talking about the church. What is the church doing, the local church? We want to see ourselves partner with the local body of believers and come alongside what they are doing. Uh, but I think about that model as far as an agency and, and what we what we see in the local church in America today in the United States. Uh, and there are plenty of house churches popping up. That's a that's a popular model these days where it's, hey, let's just gather as friends in my house, in my basement. We'll eat a meal. We'll sing some songs, talk about this Bible passage together. We'll call that a church. But what what where is the accountability of the greater service to the kingdom in that? Where where do we know that we are impacting our community, our city, our nation through that? Uh, and that's where you realize that churches need to be connected to each other. Churches need to be part of something larger than just the congregation of fifty or a hundred or a thousand people that are represented by your building or your gathering. That the the truth strength of uh, workers in the kingdom coming together is in um, is is in working together is in trying to collaborate uh, to together seek impact for the kingdom. Now that obviously becomes difficult because you have different ideas, you have different ways of operating, um, and that's that's where we need grace. That's where we need right. Jesus to be part of that center. Jesus needs to be at the center of that. That we are all seeking to be under His headship, but. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. yeah. No, but I think that's a good point because I think what you're saying, at least what I hear you saying, is just as in it's hard to do church by yourself, it's hard to do ministry by yourself. And I would say even if you are someplace independently, you're not going to be doing it on your own. You're going you're going, to you're going to develop a group of people around you that you do re- relate to and that you can hopefully share with. And during the hard times, they're supporting you. And then during their hard times, you're supporting them. And, you know, so and agencies can provide that. And I think that there is a, that's a great point, Josh. I think that you, it's, you can't really do this in a vacuum. So kind of setting it up ahead of time seems like maybe the better part of wisdom and in, in that, you're not actually in the moment and in the crisis and now looking for a group of people to support you, but you've prayerfully selected a group that you go through training with and that they're, they're committed to you as well because you've gone through an application process and they, they're sold on you and you're part of their ministry family and, uh, and you have relationships in that family and then you're, you're joining, in most cases, a, a team in a country where there are other missionaries from that same ministry family that you can relate to. So uh, those kind of things are, are positive. And, and if you've done that ahead of the game, then when the difficulties come, you already have that group of people around you. You, you don't have to, not that there wouldn't be additions to it, but um, you already have a built-in support network. And joining a group of people is, there will be conflict there. Because sure. we're people. Oh, yeah. You will experience conflict. You will disagree with each other. But we're the body of Christ. We have to work together. And that's why we have to have grace for each other. That's why, that's why when you're approaching kingdom work, you have to bring kingdom values into the work. Mm. You have to, in a sense, minister to the other members of the body that you're trying to work with, not just the people that you're trying to bring the gospel to. Right, right. And in fact, I would say <laughs> the number one reason, now this was a research that was done a little while ago, but... The number one reason missionaries leave the field, and by the word, when we say field, we mean country. That's just a, you know, the whole harvest field thing. 
uh, that Jesus mentioned. That's where we get the, that terminology. But anyway, when a lot of missionaries leave their ministry, leave the country of service that they're in, not because it's difficult, not because of a lot of reasons, but one of the main reasons is because they struggle with the people that are on their team or with other missionaries that are in that city or, you know, and they don't see eye to eye. And it's, it's really a sad commentary on the lack of grace maybe within ministry. Um, so Josh is exactly right. You're going to face those kind of things where you disagree. Money becomes a big thing. How money is spent if you're on a team that shares resources uh, that's a difficult thing. Another difficult thing with agencies is sometimes they're going to change direction in the country that you're working because God's leading and they, they feel like this is the direction we want to go, but you want to stay where you are. And so there can be disagreements there. You know, it, it, there are all kinds of ways that an agency can become like a, a burr in your saddle. Um, but I would say the support that you get the resources that are there, the the synergy that happens, those things are well worth the effort, at least from my own experience. And of course, we are a mission agency, so <laughs> I guess yeah. we're we're a little biased there. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think something to speak into as well is just the the resources that you're talking about with with having a, a team. I think comes from especially if it's your first trip, but also if it's. Uh, if it's your you know tenth hundredth time in the country that you're going, is that you'll it, your experience is always going to be different from somebody else who's in the field. So if it's your very first trip and you're going somewhere and you you think, well, I just want to go and serve the people of Central America or I want to go and serve the people of Africa, but the missionaries that are on the ground that an agency already employs are ones that ex- have experienced the culture more than likely a lot more than you have. And as well as other other key factors that uh, that come into where, especially as Americans, where we fit into a culture where, you know, what can you say? What can't you say? Things things like that that can come down, boil down to safety, I think, as well as just impact of the ministry that you have. If you're not going with a humble servant's heart whenever you go to a mission field, uh, whether that's with a group or not, then, then that can impact the, the value of, of ministry that you have. Um, not that God can't use that, but that if you're not going in with the right heart. And so that's where I think when it comes to the conflict with your team, and, and, uh, and I'm sure we'll have a, a conversation on that in a future podcast of uh, being able to handle uh, conflict on your team. Uh, but just being able to I guess just go with a humble servant's heart uh, and and to be open to change, be open to God's leading to different areas of ministry. And one of the things that I think that is uh, is a relatively new concept in the big C churches is that uh, that ministry should have an end goal. And I think that there are a lot of uh, a lot of places that may not have um, uh, a Agents, I'll call them agencies. I mean, it's it could be individuals as well that feel that they need to do something their entire life in the same spot, whereas there should always be an end goal, which I think an agency can help you um, establish what uh, what the goals are in the in the area of the world that you decide to administer in. Right. Yeah, I think uh, it's anyone who's been involved in ministry knows that interpersonal conflict is really hard, especially when it's with someone else that you're trying to do ministry with. Right. Uh, and it's the Lone Ranger model of I'm just going to do what I feel like God has led me to and I'm going to strike out on my own and do that seems really attractive at first because you feel like you can get more done by yourself, right? If you if you want to get something done right, you do it yourself. 
Uh, but and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in a non-biblical reference here: Civil War, Marvel movie. Uh, Black Panther is talking with uh, Black Widow, and uh, he says, two men can do more in a room than a hundred." And then his father, King T'Chaka, says, "Unless you want to move a piano." And I, I love that model because it's it's just such an interesting idea of yeah there is that mindset of like hey if, if just you and me like sit down and figure this out we can make this happen we don't need to worry about bureaucracy but there are larger issues to tackle in the world you right. can't take on all the world's problems by yourself and say I'm gonna do this this is why we have the body of Christ this is why we have the church because that that's how God is seeking to work within the kingdom is right. through all of His people and in in our agency at least one of our main goals is to see nations transformed. Mm-hmm. And if if you're talking about transforming a nation, it's going to be difficult to do that, even with technology, with just one or two people. You need a group. You need a large group. And that's why we partner with the church. The, mm-hmm. the change is going to happen through the church, and, and so that's why, why we look at it that way. Yeah, well, and uh, as we're wrapping up here, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, this has been our... Uh, episode talking about uh, missions and where to start and picking an agency. I hope you guys will join us next week for uh, another topic and we'll see you next time.